Pastor has been going through a series called Family Matters, and he, the first message was on what is a woman. And last week he spoke on what, uh, on marriage, on, on having a uh, godly marriage. And so if you have a chance to go back and listen to those messages, please do it. We have it on our website. We have it on iTunes. And so you can catch up and, and see if you haven't heard, but uh, please listen. Today, I'm going to focus on the children. And you may say, whoa, children, that's great. You know, uh, where are the children? Well, how many of you guys have ever been a child before? Still am, right? We, we are children. We have parents. Uh, as parents, you may not be one, but as parents, we have children. So this message will apply uh, to us. Um, we are all someone's child. Some of us had great childhoods and some did not. We can't control who we were born to and the surroundings that shaped us. But I know a God who cares deeply for us and is longing to be in relationship with us. He's eager to guide and reshape us. Today, our world is trying to lead our children away from God. The schools, TV shows, games, popular culture are all seeking to use, abuse, and destroy the lives of our children. If Satan can plant the seeds of deception into the hearts and minds of our children, then he can confuse and divide them. Not only is Satan doing that with our children, but he's boosting his chances with us as parents. If we're divided, if we're distracted, how are we supposed to uh, equip our children? The spirit of Antichrist is prevalent in our world. We can see the signs all around us. And this is not new. We are in a time where what was done behind closed doors is being accepted in the streets for us to see. Let's see what John says about the Antichrist. If you open up to 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, 1 through 6. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. 
This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for us as we're here. I pray, Lord, that the words that you have for us today would go deep within our hearts, that they would pierce our hearts, that the seeds would be planted so that good, uh, good growth can come from them and that you would lead us by your spirit. I thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. In your name, amen. What viewpoint or worldview do you have? Have you guys have ever heard a viewpoint or a worldview before? And we have two different types. I, I believe there's only two types. One is a viewpoint, a worldview of the Bible. And the other one's a biblical worldview. What we have right here with the Word of God is like a lens. What we see the world with, with this lens, is a lot different than looking at the Bible through the lens of the world. This never changes. This remains the same. And so when we look at the ever-changing world, we know that God's Word never changes, but the world changes. So when you look at the Bible through the lens of the world, we want to mold and change the Bible to fit it. And that doesn't work. Who is the Antichrist? We know he is a spirit, a false prophet, a denier of Christ's deity, that he is already here, and he is weaker than the one who lives inside of us. The spirit of Antichrist is deception, confusion, and division. So, what do we as children need to do to live a godly life? We need to listen to God's Word. Are you in His Word? I always ask the kids and youth, I say, do you guys want to hear from God? Yeah. Great. Here's where you start. You can hear Him clear as day when you start reading His Word. So God's Word is true. God's Word is true. People want to say that, oh, the Bible... The, the, the Word of God has errors and it was written by men. So how can I believe what is written? From the beginning, the enemy of our soul has been deceiving man in believing that God's Word is not true. He weaves the truth in with lies and distorts God's Word. Genesis 3, 1 through 5 says, now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree that's in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it for you will die. You will certainly, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Satan is a deceiver. He will twist God's word to conform to his lies. In this passage, he confused Eve by placing doubt in her mind. When everything was done, Adam and Eve were divided. Adam was blaming Eve. Eve was blaming the serpent. So how do we guard ourselves from deception, confusion, and the division as children? Let's start with God's Word. The children of Israel, after they left Egypt, were going through the desert, and they came to Mount Sinai. And at that mountain, God delivered His law. And we've all heard of the Ten Commandments. You know, we've seen the movie, The Ten Commandments, right, with Charlton Heston. Uh, used to be on television every year when I was growing up. And, and so there's been debates in our society about the Ten Commandments and everything. But how many of us truly can remember all ten of them? Now, I'm like, wow, uh, I had to go back and, and look because I don't read the Ten Commandments all the time, but I know they're there. I don't want to break them, but how do we not break them if we don't know them? We can, we can say, oh, I'm a good person. I can, you know, I'm following God. Well, the children of Israel were following God too. And they broke the commandments. Moses broke them physically. <laughs> we all break them. But the fifth commandment is where I want to focus a little bit of our time today. Exodus twenty twelve says, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land your God is giving to you. The Israelites were nowhere near the promised land. They were close, but they, were, they had a journey ahead of them. And there was a promise in there that if you were to honor your father and your mother, you would live long in the land that God was going to give you. And, and so we call this, this one a commandment with a promise. Now, I could look at it two ways. I could say, oh, I could live long. Or, oh, I may not live long, right? Uh, you ever hear somebody threaten their child? I can make another one of you, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of us can't, but uh, that's different. All right. Um, but, you know, we, we look at, we look at our, um, our surroundings and we think, oh, I'm doing good. I'm not a bad person. I'm doing what everybody else is doing. 
and come to find out it's not what God's Word is saying. So, as children, we need to listen to our parents. We have to honor our parents. We have to honor our mother and our father. As parents, we then have another job too, and we're going to get into that. So, the first thing that we're going to talk about here is uh, listening to their instructions. So, as children, we had to listen to our parents' instructions. So, children, eyes up here. What are you supposed to do? Read it. Read it. Listen to your, li- listen to your parents' instructions. Proverbs is full of wisdom. Uh, wisdom's characterized in Proverbs as a she. She will bless you. She, you know, there, there are things in there. Wisdom is almost a person when it comes to the book of Proverbs. Chapters 1 through 7 are full of wisdom for children. Wisdom is speaking. Are we listening? As parents, we are to instruct our children. As children, we are to listen to our parents' instruction. Proverbs 4, 1 through 9 says this, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father still tender and cherished by my mother. When he taught me, he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland of grace to your head and present you with a gracious crown. We're to seek wisdom. I love that. Get wisdom. Solomon was a very wise man, but he was not perfect, right? We look at the, our, the Bible figures and go, oh, he's going strong. Oh, going, yeah, yeah. Oh, tripped and fell. He wasn't perfect. He, his mistakes cost the kingdom of Israel to split during the reign of his son. There were ramifications for his sin and decisions, But that does not exclude his teaching from the word of God. For King Solomon's wisdom came from God. God uses imperfect people to be vessels of his word. David, Solomon's father, was flawed too. He was an adulterer and murderer. There were problems in his family that resulted from his sin, but God gave David the words of the Psalms. 
The deception is that the enemy will try to void the godly instruction because of the flawed person. The enemy wants to uh, void God's word through deception and confusion. But God, who is holy and righteous, shows us his strength and perfect thoughts, uh, perfection throughout our weakness and imperfection. As parents, we sometimes feel as if we are underprepared or unqualified to give good godly instruction to our children. Let me read that one more time. As parents, we sometimes feel as if we are underprepared or unqualified to give good godly instruction to our, to our children. The enemy wants to cut us down at the knees because, all the, because of all the mistakes that we've made in our past. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We need to guard our words. Matthew 15, 1 through 9 says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might be used to help their father and mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah said, uh, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So we can void God's word by our traditions. Now, in this part, Jesus says, honor your father and your mother. And if you curse your father and mother, you're to be put to death. How many of you guys are still glad to be alive? It's harsh to think about. Sometimes we look at what happens in the Old Testament and go, oh, this is why people say that God is a, it, it hates, hates people. He's an angry God. But it's not true. God loves us. God loves us so much that he's willing to say, don't do that because you're going to hurt yourself. We do that with our own children. Don't touch that. Don't play with that. Don't go there. Don't talk to these people. Oh, you hate me. No. How many of you ever had a, a child say, I hate you? I had it happen one time and both Bonnie and I just burst out laughing. <laughs> Which totally confused them. I hate you. And we're like, ah. <laughs> but 
you know, there are, there are people that, there are children that curse their parents. How many, how many people do you know that may be cursing their parents still and their adults? It's sad. God's word is very important. Don't void or nullify God's word with your own traditions or beliefs. What comes out of the mouth is very important. It reveals the heart. We can deceive ourselves by saying the right things, but eventually the truth will always come out. Are the words you are speaking blessings or curses? Parents, are the words that you are saying building your children up or tearing them down? Children, are you merely saying the right things to your parents so that you can deceive them? Do you do your homework? Yep. Did you brush your teeth? I did. Let me smell your breath. (laughs) As a parent, I need to make sure that the words I speak are edifying. What does edify mean? It means to instruct or improve someone morally and intellectually. This is is straight out of our dictionaries. To improve someone morally and intellectually. We need to learn how to edify each other. Edify our children so that they can see and hear that coming from us. And we need to walk it out also so that we're not a hypocrite. Let's read uh, some of Solomon's words in Proverbs 4. He said, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction, and pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so, so do not forsake my teaching. So we're... We're to give good instructions. Can we follow our own instructions? We're supposed to listen. Um, As children, are we listening too as parents? Are we listening to God's word? It's our our instruction manual. Uh, I've got a couple Bibles up here that later on we're going to pass those out. And this is an instruction manual. It's like you want to build a house? Great. What do you need? You need blueprints, right? You could take wood, make it look like a house, but eventually it's going to fall in on itself. But good blueprints will say, start with the foundation. Start by digging out the foundation. And then you can start with the floors. Then you, then you move on to the, to the walls and to the roof. And next thing you know, you have what looks like a house. How many of us are winging it? Have you seen a builder wing? You know, some builders, I'll give you this. They could probably build themselves a house out of whatever's in the backyard, and it's totally fine. But that's not us. (laughs) That's not every builder. We have an instruction manual on building up our lives because we are a house. We're the temple of God. And so, what is our foundation? Is our foundation on sand, the world that's constantly shifting back and forth? 
where the winds come and the rains fall and the house gets knocked down? Or are we on the rock? Where's our foundation? Yeah. His instructions are our walls and our roof. It's our covering to protect us. We need to guard our actions. Just like the words we say, our actions speak volumes. You may say, Pastor, I, I didn't have godly example. I didn't have a model that I could say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to follow after that. They were one way in church and one way at home. How could, how could I have a good example? What should I do? Jesus had an answer for that. Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if you had a son, ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Seek out good godly advice, good godly counsel. You may say, I don't even know where to look. Come talk to pastor. Talk to people in our congregation. You can see who kind of has like, man, they look like they got everything kind of together. But to be honest, we don't all have everything together. We're on a journey. We're all moving in the same direction. It's better to move in on a journey together than it is separate. If you go... If, if I said, all right, everybody, we're going to walk to California. Good luck. No, you don't go by yourself. Some of us like, I need to get away from everyone. We need each other. We need to be in each other's lives. The enemy wants to pick us off. He, the, if you ever watch an animal show, you'll see big cats you know, wolves, everything like that. They chase after the ones that fall behind. The weak, the, the, the ones that don't have the covering of the herd. Our church is like a herd. We get people that go, oh, I'm a Christian. Do you go to church? No, I'm good. But they're alone. No support. No covering. The enemy is prowling around, ready to pounce and pick you off. We need each other. We need each other to come in together, to support each other, to lift each other up, to speak into each other's lives. We need to treat others the way we want to be treated. I've heard people say, I went to this place and they hurt me. Okay then maybe that's not the place you need to be. And they say, oh, because of that, I won't go or I won't be a part of. 
And that's sad because that excludes you, not only from what they can do for you, but what you can do for them too. Honor your father and your mother is good, but there were four prior commandments that God had. Are we living those out? Genesis 20, 1 through 11 says, And God spoke all these words. So this is God's word. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other God be, gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for their sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love and uh, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you are to labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you, you shall not do any work, neither you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all of them in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Are you applying these commandments to your life? Are you aligning your words and your actions to God's law? Are his words true in your life? So children, eyes up here. Are you listening to your parents? Are you listening to God's instructions? Are you applying these things to your life? The enemy of our soul wants to, to, to divide us. Husbands and wives, husbands from wives, parents from their children, members of the body of Christ, our neighbors, our co-workers. He wants to divide us all. And we're seeing that in our culture. We're seeing that in our nation. We're seeing it in our neighborhoods. Do you treat others the way we want to be treated? If not, how do you expect there to be respect if you're not giving any respect? Do you treat others with love? How do you expect love in return if you can't love somebody? Parents, are you modeling for them how to be godly men and women? What is done behind closed doors will come out into the streets. So let's end with this message from the rest of Solomon's instructions to his sons. Proverbs chapter 4, 11 through 27 says, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and, your year, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. 
When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous are like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of uh, perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that these words will go deep within our hearts. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your instruction. May I never turn away from it. May I never go a different way but to keep my eyes on you and to keep on your path. I trust you with everything that I do for you are the only one that can lead me through this world. This world is falling apart. Everything is just going upside down. But I, I find your word to be true and I find it to be a solid rock. When everything else is, is, is upside down, my feet are planted on your word. I pray, Lord, that every child that's here, whether they're young or old, will learn to honor their father and their mother. That, that we can look to you for wisdom. That we seek after you. We knock. We, we ask. And that you would give us the wisdom that we need. Help us to go through your word, to know your word, and to apply it to our lives so that we won't stumble. And when we do, Lord, you're there to pick us up. You're there to surround us with love, with compassion, with forgiveness. May we never forget that. We can never be far from you, no matter where we are or what we do. We will always be close to you. We have to turn to you. I pray for every student that's here, every parent, every person that's here, that you continue to guide them, lead them down the path of righteousness so that we can finish our race strong.
in your name. Amen. All right, so this is the part. I love this part. I have here a Bible. This is my Bible. I got this from my church in California 26 years ago. And this is my Bible that I have with me everywhere I go. I, I, I know its pages. I try to take care of it because it's like, I don't want it to break. I don't want to have to get a new Bible. But one of the things that we do here is that we give our graduating seniors from high school or college a Bible. So I've got two Bibles here. And I'm going to ask that Alice White and Kendall Stutz come on up. They are graduated from high school, and, and it's funny because I've known these young ladies since they were really small. They're not small anymore, and they're, they're like daughters to me because I got to be around them and, and, and see them go through life, and, and so um, I want to first say congratulations. Congratulations. And I want to in, you know, give some wise advice to you guys. Um, this is a part of your life where you're going to be stepping out of your parents' covering in a way. We don't necessarily step out of our parents' covering, but we get to make decisions that are our own. And you have parents that God gave you to be able to give you some good advice, and I hope that you guys listen to them. You have us here that can give you some good godly advice too. And I hope you listen to us and ask, seek out. Find some of these ladies who have lived life and understand things and say, what do I do? Oh, let me help you. Let me, let me, let me show you. Or don't do this, I did this. You know. But also, there's, there's a point in our lives is that you know, when, when I was young, I'll tell you this, that I gave my life to Christ at a very young age. But there came a point when I became an adult where I could say, I can continue down this path or I can go a different path. And that's an easy choice, you know, a scenario to be in. I can go down this path that I've never been where it looks like fun Everybody else is doing it. They're saying they're having a great time. Or I can continue down the path. There's the wide path where everybody kind of goes. And there's the narrow path. That's your brother. <laughs> and there's this narrow path. And I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to continue down this path. This is where I need to be. This is where I'm going to go. I'm going to devote my life to you. And so you have that choice. And one of the things that I want to do is give you a blueprint to life. And read it. Take it out. You can see this is sitting in, this had sat in the sun a little bit. It got a little warped. I'm like, no. You know, um, some of the pages got crinkled because I let somebody else use it. Um, but this blueprint for our life 
is more valuable than anything else this world can give you. And when everything feels like it's upside down, this helps me in every single situation of my life. Because his words are comfort and healing. And I don't know about you, but I like hearing when God speaks. God doesn't necessarily speak in a, Pastor Joseph, I want you to blah, blah, blah. No, but I'll read something and then I'll feel my heart get pierced. And I know that God is saying, this is what I have for you today. This is what I want you to hear. And I think, thank you. I'm going to apply it to my life. So take this and make it your blueprint so that you can build the foundation of your life to be a godly woman and be able to go out and make a difference in this world. God created you individually, uniquely, to be a part of his plan. And so I want to pray for you guys. So parents, come on up. And congregation, if you would please stand and reach out your hands. Pastor Brian and Pastor Matt, do you mind coming up and laying your hands on them and their families? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these two families that are represented right here, Lord. For the Whites and the Stutz, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, guide them. I thank you for uh, what, what you've been doing in their lives and the impact on their children that they have. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to, to work on their, in their, on their behalf. Lord, I pray for Alice as she's uh, graduated and getting ready to go to Winthrop and, um, and, and, and learn and, and figure out life. I pray that you would guide her. I pray that your, your hand of protection would be upon her and that, that um, her parents and her sister would uh, be a mighty impact in her life and her decisions. And for Kendall, too, who's going off uh, to college next year. Is that right? Next year. That, that you would also place your protection upon her and that, um, that she would be able to um, figure out life and, and, and find who she is in you. I pray, Lord, for all of us here that we would be able to be a part of their lives. Lord, I pray that you give us guidance, give us wisdom, help us to help them. And also look for others that are around us to do the same. I pray for every family that's represented here, that you would, that you would uh, be in their lives, that the parents would have words and, and actions that are pleasing towards you, and that the children, too, will listen to their parents' instructions and be able to, uh, to, be able to grow in you, to become the future man and woman that you want them to be, and that their children through a thousand generations, would be blessed because they love you and are keeping your commands. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we move forward. Continue to work in our lives. We thank you for everything that you're doing for us. In your name, amen.